Runo twenty six of Kalevala, the land of the heroes by Elias Lunrote, translated by William Forsell Kirby, eighteen forty four to nineteen twelve. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Runo twenty six, Lemminkainen's journey to Pohjola. Argument. Lemminkainen, greatly offended that he was not invited to the wedding, resolves to go to Pohjola, although his mother dissuades him from it, and warns him of the many dangers that he will have to encounter. He sets forth and succeeds in passing all the dangerous places by his skill in magic. Ati dwelt among an island by the bay near Kauko's headland, and his fields he tilled industrious and the fields he trenched with ploughing, and his ears were of the finest, and his hearing of the keenest. Heard he shouting in the village, from the lake came sounds of hammering, on the ice the sound of footsteps, on the heath a sledge was rattling. Therefore in his mind he fancied, in his brain the notion entered, that at Poyola was wedding, and a drinking bout in secret mouth and head awry and twisting and his black beard all disordered in his rage the blood departed from the cheeks of him unhappy and at once he left his ploughing mid the field he left the ploughshare on the spot his horse he mounted and he rode directly homeward to his dearest mother's dwelling to his dear and aged mother and he said as he approached her and he called as he was coming O oh, my mother, aged woman, bring thou food and bring it quickly, that the hungry man may eat it and the moody man devour it, while they warm the bathroom for me and the bathroom set in order, that the man may wash and cleanse him and adorn him like a hero. Then did Lemminkainen's mother bring him food and bring it quickly, that the hungry man might eat it and the moody man devour it while they put the bath in order and arrange the bathroom for him. Then the lively Lemminkainen quickly ate the food she gave him, hurried then into the bathroom, hastened quickly to the bathroom. There it was the finch now washed him, there the bullfinch washed and cleansed him, washed his head to flaxen whiteness and his throat to shining whiteness. From the bath the room he entered, and he spoke the words which follow. O oh, my mother, aged woman, seek the storehouse on the mountain. Bring me thence my shirt, the fine one. Likewise bring the finest clothing, that I now may put it on me and may fitly clothe me in it. But his mother asked him quickly, asked him thus the aged woman, Whither goes my son, my dearest? Dost thou go to hunt the lynxes? or to chase the elk on snowshoes, or perchance to shoot a squirrel? Answered lively Lemminkainen, said the handsome Kaukomili, O oh, my mother who hast borne me, not to hunt the lynx I wander, nor to chase the elk on snowshoes, neither go I squirrel shooting, but I seek the feast at Poya and the secret drinking party. Therefore fetch my shirt, the fine one, Bring me to the finest clothing, that I hasten to the wedding and may wander to the banquet. But his mother would forbid him, 
Vainly will his wife dissuade him, Two whose like were not created, And three daughters of creation, Sought to hold back Lemminkainen, Back from Pohjola's great banquet. To her son then said the mother, And her child advised the old one, Do not go, my son, my dearest, O my dearest son, my Kauko, Go not to the feast at Poya, To that mansion's drinking party, For indeed they did not ask you, And tis plain they do not want you. Then the lively Lemminkainen Answered in the words which follow, Only bad men go for asking, Uninvited good men dance there, there are always invitations, always a sufficient summons, in the sword with blade of sharpness, and the edge so brightly flashing. Still did Lemminkainen's mother do her utmost to restrain him. Go not, son, to sure destruction, unto Poyola's great banquet. Full of terrors is thy journey, on thy way are mighty wonders. Thrice indeed doth death await thee, thrice the man with death is threatened answered lively lemminkainen said the handsome kaukomili death is only for the women everywhere they see destruction but a hero need not fear it nor need take extreme precautions but let this be as it may be tell me that my ears may hear it tell me the first death that waits me tell the first and tell the last one then said Lemminkainen's mother, Answered then the aged woman, I will tell the deaths that wait you, Not as you would have me tell them, Of the first death I will tell you, And this death is first among them. When a little way you've travelled On the first day of your journey, You will reach a fiery river, Flaming right across your pathway, In the stream a cataract fiery, In the fall a fiery island, on the isle a peak all fiery, on the peak a fiery eagle, one who wets his beak at night-time, and his claws in daytime sharpens, for the strangers who are coming and the people who approach him. Answered lively Lemminkainen, said the handsome Kaukomili, this is perhaps a death for women, but tis not a death for heroes for I know a plan already, and a splendid scheme to follow. I'll create by songs of magic, both a man and horse of older. They shall walk along beside me, and shall wander on before me. While I, like a duck, am diving, like a scoter duck am diving, neath the soaring eagle's talons, talons of the mighty eagle. O oh, my mother, who hast borne me, tell me now of death the second. Then said Lemminkainen's mother, Such the second death that waits you. When a little way you've journeyed On the second day of travel, You will reach a trench of fire, Right across the path extending, Ever to the east extending, Northwest endlessly extending, Full of stones to redness heated, Full of blocks of stone all glowing, And a hundred there have ventured, And a thousand there have perished. Hundreds with their swords have perished, and a thousand steel-clad heroes. Answered lively Lemminkainen, said the handsome Kaukomili, Such a death no man will perish, nor is this a death for heroes. For I know a trick already, know a trick and see a refuge, 
and a man of snow i'll sing me make of frozen snow a hero push him in the raging fire push him in the glowing torment bathe him in the glowing bathroom with a bath whisk made of copper i myself behind him pressing pushing through the fire a pathway that my beard unburnt remaineth and my locks escape a singeing o my mother who has borne me of the third death tell me truly then said lemminkainen's mother such the third death that awaits you when you've gone a little further and another day have travelled unto pohjola's dread gateway where the pathway is the narrowest then a wolf will rush upon you and a bear for his companion there in pohjola's dread gateway where the pathway is the narrowest hundreds have been there devoured heroes have by thousands perished wherefore should they not devour thee kill thee likewise unprotected answered lively lemminkainen said the handsome cow Komili, perhaps a young ewe might be eaten or a lamb be torn to pieces not a man how weak soever not the sleepiest of the heroes with a hero's belt i'm girded and i wear a hero's armour fixed with buckles of a hero so be sure i shall not hasten unto untamo's dread wolf's jaws in the throat of that cursed creature gainst the wolf i know a refuge gainst the bear i know a method for the wolf's mouth sing a muzzle for the bear sing iron fetters or to very chaff will chop them or to merest dust will sift them thus i'll clear the path before me reach the ending of my journey then said lemminkainen's mother even yet your goal you reach not there are still upon your pathway on your road tremendous marvels three terrific dangers wait you three more deaths await the hero and there even yet await you on the spot the worst of marvels when a little way you've travelled up to pohjola's enclosure there a fence is reared of iron and a fence of steel erected from the ground to heaven ascending from the heavens to earth descending spears they are which form the hedge stakes and for wattles creeping serpents thus the fence with snakes is wattled and among them there are lizards and their tails are always waving and their thick heads always swelling and their round heads always hissing heads turned out and tails turned inwards on the ground are other serpents on the path are snakes and adders and above their tongues are hissing and below their tails are waving one of all the most terrific lies before the gate across it longer is he than a roof tree than the roof props is he thicker and above his tongue is hissing and above his mouth is hissing lifted not against another threatening thee o luckless hero answered lively lemminkainen said the handsome kaukomili such a death is perhaps for children but tis not a death for heroes for i can enchant the fire and can quench a glowing furnace and can ban away the serpents twist the snakes between my fingers only yesterday it happened that i ploughed a field of adders on the ground the snakes were twisting and my hands were all uncovered with my nails i seized the vipers 
In my hands I took the serpents. Ten I killed among the vipers, And the serpents black by hundreds. Still my nails are stained with snake blood, And my hands with slime of serpents. Therefore will I not permit me, And by no means will I journey, As a mouthful for the serpents, To the sharp fangs of the adders. I myself will crush the monsters, Crush the nasty things to pieces, and will sing away the vipers, drive the serpents from my pathway. Enter then the yard of Poya, and into the house will force me. Then said Lemminkainen's mother, O oh, my son, forbear to venture into Pohyola's dread castle, house of Sariola, all timbered, for the men with swords are girded, heroes all equipped for battle men with drink of hops excited, very furious from their drinking. They will sing thee most unhappy to the swords of all the keenest. Better men their songs have vanquished, mighty ones been overpowered. Answered lively Lemminkainen, said the handsome Kaukomili, Well, but I have dwelt already there in Pohyola's dread fortress. Not a lap with spells shall chain me, forth no son of turia drive me i'll enchant the lap by singing drive away the son of turia and in twain will sing his shoulders from his chin his speech i'll sever tear his shirt apart by singing and i'll break in two his breastbone then said lemminkainen's mother oh alas my son unhappy dost thou think of former exploits Bragst thou of thy former journey? True it is thou hast resided There in Pohyola's dread fortress, But they sent thee all a-swimming, Floating overgrown with pond-weed, O'er the raging cataract driven, Down the stream in rushing waters. Thou hast known the falls of Tuoni, Manala's dread stream hast measured, There wouldst thou to-day be swimming, But for thine unhappy mother listen now to what i tell thee when to pohyola thou comest all the slope with stakes is bristling and the yard with poles is bristling all with heads of men surmounted and one stake alone is vacant and to fill the stake remaining will they cut thy head from off thee answered lively lemminkainen said the handsome kaukomili let a weakling ponder o'er it let the worthless find such ending. After five or six years' warfare, seven long summers spent in battle, not a hero would concern him, nor retire a step before it. Therefore, bring me now my mail shirt and my well-tried battle armor. I, my father's sword, will fetch me, and my father's sword-blade look to. In the cold it long was lying, in a dark place long was hidden. There has it been ever weeping for a hero who should wield it. Thereupon he took his mail shirt, took his well-tried battle armor, and his father's trusty weapon, sword his father always wielded, and against the ground he thrust it. On the floor the point he rested, with his hand the sword he bended, like the fresh crown of the cherry or the juniper when growing. Said the lively Lemminkainen, Hard twill be in Poya's castle, rooms of Sariola the misty, such a sword as this to gaze on, such a sword-blade to encounter. 
from the wall his bow he lifted from the peg he took a strong bow and he spoke the words which follow and expressed himself in this wise i would hold the man deserving and regard him as a hero who to bend this bow was able and could bend it and could string it there in pohjola's great castle rooms of sariola the misty then the lively lemminkainen he the handsome cow Komili, put his shirt of mail upon him clad himself in arms of battle and his slave he thus commanded and he spoke the words which follow o my servant bought with money workman whom i got for money harness now my horse of battle harness me my fiery war-horse that unto the feast i journey drinking bout at house of lempo then the prudent slave obedient hastened quickly to the courtyard and the foal at once he harnessed and prepared the fiery red one and he said on his returning i have done what you commanded and the horse have harnessed for you and the best of foals have harnessed then the lively lemminkainen thought him ready for his journey right hand urging left restraining in his sinewy fingers smarting now would start and then reflected started then in reckless fashion then her son his mother counselled warned her child the aged woman at the door beneath the rafters at the place where stand the kettles o oh, my only son my dearest o oh, my child of all the strongest when thou comest to the carousal and thou comest where thou wishest drink thou half a goblet only drink the measure to the middle and the other half return thou give the worst half to a worse one in the goblet rests a serpent and a worm within the measure yet again her son she cautioned to her child again gave warning at the last field's furthest limit at the last of all the gateways when thou comest to the carousal and thou comest where thou wishest sit upon a half-seat only step thou with a half-step only and the other half return thou give the worst half to a worse one thus wilt thou a man be reckoned and a most illustrious hero and through armies push thy pathway and will crush them down beneath thee in the press of mighty heroes in the throng of men of valour then departed lemminkainen when the horse in sledge was harnessed with his ready whip he struck him with his beaded whip he smote him and the fiery steed sprang forward onward sped the rapid courser when a short way he had journeyed for about an hour had travelled there he saw a flock of black fowl in the air the grouse flew upward and the flock ascended rushing from before the speeding courser on the ice there lay some feathers cast by grouse upon the roadway these collected lemminkainen and he put them in his pocket for he knew not what might happen or might chance upon his journey in a house are all things useful can at need be turned to something then he drove a little further on his road a little further when to neigh began the courser pricked his long ears up in terror then the lively lemminkainen he the handsome calcomeli in the sledge at once leaned forward bending down to gaze about him 
there he saw as said his mother as his own old mother warned him how there flowed a fiery river right across the horse's pathway in the stream a cataract fiery in the fall a fiery island on the isle a peak all fiery on the peak a fiery eagle in his throat the fire was seething and his mouth with flame was glowing and his plumage fire was flashing and the sparks around were scattering kauko from afar he noticed from afar saw lemminkainen whither wilt thou go o kauko whither goes the son of lempi answered lively lemminkainen said the handsome kaukomeli unto poya's feast i journey the carousal held in secret turn thee on one side a little from the youth's path do thou turn thee let the traveller make his journey do not hinder lemminkainen therefore move aside a little let him now pursue his journey thereupon the eagle answered hissing from his throat of fire i will let the traveller pass me will not hinder lemminkainen through my mouth will let him hasten let him thus pursue his journey thither shall thy path direct thee fortunate shall be thy journey to the banquet thou art seeking where thou all thy life mayst rest thee little troubled lemminkainen and he let it not concern him but he felt into his pocket and his pouch he opened quickly took the feathers of the black fowl leisurely he rubbed the feathers and between his palms he rubbed them twixt his fingers ten in number and a flock of grouse created and a flock of capricalzies in the eagle's beak he thrust them to his greedy throat he gave them to the eagle's throat all fiery in the firebird's beak he thrust them thus he freed himself from danger and escaped the first day's danger with his whip he struck the courser with a beaded whip he struck him and the horse sped quickly onward and the steed sprang lightly forward then he drove a little further but a little way had travelled when the horse again was shying and again the steed was neighing from the sledge again he raised him and he strove to gaze around him and he saw as said his mother as his aged mother warned him right in front a trench of fire right across the path extending ever to the east extending northwest endlessly extending full of stones to redness heated full of blocks of stone all glowing little troubled lemminkainen but he raised a prayer to ukko ukko thou of gods the highest ukko thou our heavenly father send thou now a cloud from northwest send thou from the west a second and a third to east establish in the northeast let them gather push their borders all together drive them edge to edge together let the snow fall staff deep round me deep as is the length of spear shaft on these stones to redness heated blocks of stone all fiery glowing ukko then of gods the highest he the aged heavenly father sent a cloud from out the northwest from the west he sent a second in the east a cloud let gather let them gather in the northeast and he heaped them all together and he closed the gaps between them let the snow fall staff deep downward deep as is the length of spear shaft on the stones to redness heated 
blocks of stone all fiery glowing from the snow a pond was fashioned and a lake with icy waters and the lively lemminkainen sang a bridge of ice together stretching right across the snow-pond from the one bank to the other o'er the fiery trench passed safely passed the second day in safety with his whip he urged the courser cracked the whip all bead embroidered and began to travel quickly as the courser trotted onward quick he ran a verst a second for a short space well proceeded when he suddenly stopped standing would not stir from his position then the lively lemminkainen started up to gaze around him in the gate the wolf was standing and the bear before the passage there in pohjola's dread gateway at the end of a long passage then the lively lemminkainen he the handsome calcomeli quickly felt into his pocket what his pouch contained exploring and he took some used wool from it and until twas soft he rubbed it and between his palms he rubbed it twixt his fingers ten in number on his palms then gently breathing ewes ran bleeding forth between them quite a flock of sheep he fashioned and a flock of lambs among them and the wolf rushed straight upon them and the bear rushed after likewise while the lively lemminkainen further drove upon his journey yet a little space he journeyed unto pohjola's enclosure there a fence was raised of iron fenced with steel the whole enclosure in the ground a hundred fathoms in the sky a thousand fathoms spears they were which formed the hedge stakes and for wattles creeping serpents thus the fence with snakes was wattled and among them there were lizards and their tails were always waving and their thick heads always swelling rows of heads erected always heads turned out and tails turned inwards then the lively lemminkainen gave himself to his reflections this is what my mother told me this is what my mother dreaded here i find a fence tremendous reared aloft from earth to heaven down below there creeps a viper deeper yet the fence is sunken up aloft a bird is flying but the fence is builded higher natheless was not lemminkainen greatly troubled or uneasy from the sheath he drew his knife out from the sheath an iron weapon and he hewed the fence to pieces and in twain he clove the hedge stakes thus he breached the fence of iron and he drove away the serpents from the space between five hedge stakes likewise from the space twixt seven and himself pursued his journey unto pohjola's dark portal in the path a snake was twisting just in front across the doorway even longer than the roof-tree thicker than the hall's great pillars and the snake had eyes a hundred and the snake had tongues a thousand and his eyes than sieves were larger and his tongues were long as spear-shafts and his fangs were like rake-handles seven boats length his back extended then the lively lemminkainen would not instantly move onward to the snake with eyes a hundred and the snake with tongues a thousand spoke the lively lemminkainen said the handsome calcomeli serpent black and subterranean 
Worm whose hue is that of Tuoni, Thou amidst the grass who lurkest At the roots of Lempo's foliage, Gliding all among the hillocks, Creeping all among the tree roots, Who has brought thee from the stubble, From the grass roots has aroused thee, Creeping here on ground all open, Creeping there upon the pathway? Who has sent thee from thy nettles, Who has ordered and provoked thee, that thy head thou liftest threatening, and thy neck thou stiffly raisest. Was thy father or thy mother, or the eldest of thy brothers, or the youngest of thy sisters, or some other near relation? Close thy mouth, thy head conceal thou, hide thou quick thy tongue within it, coil thyself together tightly, roll thyself into a circle, give me way, though but a half-way, let the traveller make his journey or be gone from out the pathway creep thou vile one in the bushes in the holes among the heathland and among the moss conceal thee glide away like ball of worsted like a withered stick of aspen hide thy head among the grass roots hide thyself among the hillocks neath the turf thy mouth conceal thou make thy dwelling in a hillock if you lift your head from out it ukko surely will destroy it with his nails all steely pointed with a mighty hail of iron thus was lemminkainen talking but the serpent heeded nothing and continued always hissing darting out its tongue forever and its mouth was always hissing at the head of lemminkainen then the lively lemminkainen of an ancient spell bethought him which the old crone once had taught him which his mother once had taught him said the lively lemminkainen spoke the handsome calcomeli if you do not heed my singing and it is not quite sufficient still you will swell up with anguish when an ill day comes upon you thou wilt burst in two o vile one o thou toad in three will burst thou if i should seek out your mother and should search for your ancestress well i know thy birth vile creature whence thou comest earthly horror for Suyatar was your mother and the sea fiend was your parent Suyatar she spat in water in the waves she left the spittle by the wind twas rocked thereafter tossed upon the water current thus for six years it was shaken thus for seven whole summers drifted on the ocean's shining surface and upon the swelling billows thus for long the water stretched it by the sun twas warmed and softened to the land the billows drove it on the beach a wave upcast it walked three daughters of creation on the beach of stormy ocean on the beach the waves that bounded on the beach they saw the spittle and they spoke the words which follow what might perhaps of this be fashioned if a life by the creator and if eyes were granted to it this was heard by the creator and he spoke the words which follow evil only comes from evil and a toad from toad's foul vomit if i gave a life unto it and if eyes were granted to it but the words were heard by hisi one for mischief always ready and he set about creating Hisi gave a life unto it, of the slime of toad disgusting, from Syoyatar's filthy spittle, formed from this a twisting serpent, 
to a black snake he transformed it whence the life he gave unto it life he brought from hisi's coal heap whence was then its heart created out of syoyatar's own heart-strings whence the brains for this foul creature from a mighty torrent's foaming whence its sense obtained the monster from a furious cataract's foaming whence ahead this foul enchantment from the bean a bean all rotten whence were then its eyes created from a seed of flax of lempo whence were the toad's ears created from the leaves of lempo's birch tree whence was then its mouth constructed syoyatar's own mouth supplied it whence the tongue in mouth so evil from the spear of kaitolainen teeth for such an evil creature from the beard of twoni's barley whence its filthy gums created from the gums of kalma's maiden whence was then its back constructed of the coals of fire of hisi whence its wriggling tail constructed from the plates of pahalainen whence its entrails were constructed these were drawn from death's own girdle this thy origin o serpent this thy honour as reported black snake from the world infernal serpent of the hue of twoni hue of earth and hue of heather all the colours of the rainbow go from out the wanderer's pathway from before the travelling hero yield the pathway to the traveller make a way for lemminkainen to the feast at poya holden where they hold the great carousal then the snake obeyed his orders and the hundred-eyed drew backward and the great snake twisted sideways turning in a new direction giving thus the traveller pathway making way for lemminkainen to the feast at poya holden and the secret held carousal end of runo 26 recording by expatriate in bangor maine